Hey y'all, this is Jillian checking in during the edit. Just want to remind you that this is part two of our interview with the plant daddies. So if you want to hear the whole thing, make sure you go back and listen to part one. Definitely recommend it. It's a great conversation and that'll lead you right into this episode. So go find that, come back, listen to this one. And obviously, thanks for listening. We love you. Okay, enjoy the episode. I want to, I really want to get into ferns. That's going to be my 2021 plant that I want to try. Ferns and vivariums. Yeah, ferns and vivariums (laughs) is going to be 2021 because I, it's, it's so. Ferns were my 2020. Okay. Well, how many ferns do you have? Do you know, like, is it like you got like a lot? He's got one right next to him. Yeah, I see the one in the back. He is, oh, yeah. he is 200. Yeah, this, <laughs> 200. This is awesome. 50% ferns. 200 ferns. Half of my plants are ferns. No. I, I certainly have more ferns now than I've ever had in okay. my life. Like probably all the ferns I bought in my life added together do not total what I have right now. Right. Um, as long as you exclude those from the total math. But um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, sorry, I have decided that uh getting high was the right choice <laughs> yes like, always oh, it's God. fine it's like, welcome oh, here I'm like what what is this wavelength oh, i was just thinking that what is matthew I'm talking probably, about i should probably get high too maybe a match tonally do it that sounds great we'll yeah. all be on the same but, level <laughs> yeah what i wanted to say though regarding ferns before i totally detract us left. like i oh, love you guys for just tolerating this but um i want to know how to do something horticulturally even if it is massively challenging even if i don't even see a reward in it the reward is developing that that proficiency like that skill steven and i kind of refer to these as like core skills Mm -hmm. and so to me like rex begonias and ferns were two things that i needed to teach myself this year because we want to talk about them in an episode and i can't just show up and be like don't even try Rex begonia. There's nobody who can keep them alive right. because I can't. Yeah, I listen to people who grow them and like I'm finally getting some really good results just based on like trying harder. Same with ferns. What's just your humidity harder. like That's in Seattle? Say. Yeah, let's talk about your <laughs> yeah. your climate and the environment in Seattle. What is that like and do you find that it is a good area where you are that you know your house plants enjoy and like and do well in? Yeah, so so we both there are pros and a lot to say. Yeah, I, I think for me, I moved here 12 years ago, so I feel like I kind of have the comparison experience. I was living in Chicago and Wisconsin, right? So like mm-hmm. cold continental, yeah. then coming here where I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, the, the flowers start in February? Like this mind-blowing. Yeah. So my, my feeling, like to summarize, it, it feels like you can grow almost anything here varying degrees yeah. of like goodness right if you if you really want to have a palm tree like you can kind of make it work it will be stunted and weird right <laughs> but yeah there's it, like two species that do amazing. really well here hmm. yeah and really and that that that's kind of like matches my answer in some ways right because it's like oh you could find something right that would yeah. work where it was like wisconsin really i mean it's like is it a pine tree otherwise like it's gonna die right if you keep it outdoors yeah. not really of course but um, well, yeah, that's been the, the biggest thing. Yeah. I always tell Brian, uh, Brian's my fiance, that we can never live anywhere colder than this. I am not a person that likes the cold. I would much rather be too hot yeah. because, like, I can just wear a tank top and shorts if I need to. Okay. Like, so yeah, this is... right? Work it out. Yeah. I'm going to tell well, Brian about this, that. You know, he will laugh. He will appreciate that. <laughs> But I actually really appreciate the climate zone that we have, though, because we get cold enough that there are a lot of things that are like marginally hardy here Mm -hmm. because our winters are almost too warm for them to do well. So that includes like peonies and lilacs outdoors because like they need a cold winter to bloom. And if we moved any warmer through climate change, those would be challenging plants for us to use. That also means that we're able to grow some things that really suffer in high heat. Like there's a lot of these like delicate, weird little orchids from cloud forests of South America. There's some carnivorous plants from these like high altitude Mm. plateaus in Venezuela. These plants that can't handle temperatures much over 80 
thrive for us because we don't often get much over yeah, eight ourselves. Like that's been yeah. super interesting too. Like as sort of a you know not an outsider anymore really, but someone newer here is that there are like these analogous climate zones that people will bring plants from, and they're like, oh yes, Chilean coastal plant. Yes, that grows so well here. Or like these yeah. Himalayan plants. Yes, Seattle's such a great place. And I'm kind of like, huh? Like <laughs> A lot of spots. New Zealand plants. Yeah. yeah that you, we have this cool diversity of these plants from other locales that I just, I mean, I guess I wasn't a big plant person before, but really like wasn't even thinking of right before I, I moved here and they're kind of yeah. everywhere. But that means that like I can grow citrus plants outdoors here all year. Like I actually wow. only like Kinda. protect them by putting like cloth over them, or maybe I'll bring them inside if we have a very or very sending me to bring them inside. <laughs> yeah, that's what she means. Yes, okay. I went to Australia during a blizzard in Seattle one year, and Stephen was taking care of my plants. Nobody like, knew this blizzard would happen, so I'm like, yeah, just you know, keep an eye on them, water them if they get too dry. No, poor Stephen had to drag in like probably two tons. And I keep bringing it. I keep bathroom. bringing it up. It's no big, no big deal, but I keep bringing it up. Okay. <gasps> oh my <Yeah>. gosh! <laughs> Dang, that's that's, that's, a, that's challenge... a real one. That's a real one right there. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. What's that? See, I told you I trust Stephen so much yeah. because he's able to do stuff like that for me. I think that the challenges that our climate presents, though, have to do with the length and the intensity of our summer. So, like, while on one mm. hand we can grow heliumphora, we can grow masdevallia orchids here we can grow darlingtonia easily here we can't really grow things like adenium that really want a long hot summer mm. our figs don't really like to ripen because their summer is so brief the duration of like hot weather that they don't really ripen so mm. i wish that we had longer hotter summers yeah. and then this time of year the sun is so low on the horizon that the daylight hours really make it difficult to provide enough light even if you have a direct full sun south facing window it's not adequate for a lot of plants right now right so do you guys supplement in your house like do you have grow lights yeah yeah, yeah we're both yeah. big grow light people i feel like yeah i don't know was i the first one to this matthew a little bit like you had vivariums and you had other sort of yeah you you incorporated right? them into your living space before i did but i was using grow lights like with planted composition kind of things. Mm -hmm. And I started like there was this big, like literally an industrial like gymnasium aluminum lampshade that, that was big really enough cool. to house yeah. this. And I put this enormous bulb inside to light an aquarium. It's like marketed and for like marijuana all growers. Around... <laughs> yeah, like over an aquarium. Oh, completely. <laughs> completely yeah. There there may or may not have been a time that there were little baby marijuana plants perched on the rim of there the you fish go. tank growing. <laughs> um, it's legal in all of these places. Let's just call that out, okay? We don't yes. have to hide anymore. Right? Yeah. But Stephen grows, I would say, almost everything under lights. I should have maybe a show about this, like kind of my addiction or something. I don't really know. I feel like a window is so unpredictable, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm so used to this, like, I'm like, oh, all of these things are on a timer. Yes. Mm -hmm. 14 hours. I know exactly what's going to happen. So it, maybe it's a weird crutch almost for me. Yeah, but y'all get a lot of cloudy days too of, in Seattle yeah. too, don't you? Yeah, like, yeah. I was just going to say that. My poor plumeria is actually like nearly deciduous by now because mm -hmm. its window yeah. is not very bright. So I'm like, all right, girl, just like go to sleep for a couple months. I'll wake you when it's time. <laughs> but um, now that I have enough space to do this in the, the home that I moved into, I now have like two enormous grow racks where I'm growing a lot of stuff. And I am learning so much from Steven and his approach and my outcomes with Nepenthes and with some of these like stapelids that I'm growing, the Rex begonias that I was talking mm -hmm. about, they're doing so well Yay. because like it's very predictable. It's like yeah. easy to schedule. I can it turn is. like different lights on for different intensities. Mm -hmm. But I also like just taking like clamp on desk lights oh, and like yeah. putting them on shelves, putting them on tables yep. so that I can like either augment whatever is naturally coming, make it maybe more consistent for, you know, seasonality versus cloudy weather. Um, some lights are the exclusive source that a plant yeah. gets photosynthetic, you know, process. But um, I've had a lot of fun playing around with them. Yeah. Are you guys big uh, indoor lighting people? I am. I would mm -hmm. say 90% of my collection is under grow lights. 
though. Now, do you yeah, like the colored like... ones that are specific wavelengths, or do you like the white? Yeah, I have the like purpley, pinky ones, and they're amazing. Okay. The white ones are just so hard on my eyes, and it just makes for living yeah. in my apartment that I pay. My plants don't pay rent. I pay the rent. <laughs> so it's going to be yeah. the lights that I want. And if they don't like it, then I just won't have that plant anymore. Do you know what I mean? If they can't make it in that yeah. grow light. So yeah, I have the pink ones. Plus it matches my hair and my aesthetic. So I like <laughs> it doesn't it. match your hair. See, like, those hurt like... my eyes, but I had to like find the right Kelvin temperature of mm-hmm. the white lights that I used mm-hmm. because the higher you go, the more sterile it looks. Yeah. So I've kind of like retrained Brian and me to feel like 4,000 Kelvin is the right color temperature for indoors. What? It's like right in the middle of being <laughs> too warm. So it yeah. feels like incandescent lighting, yeah. but it doesn't get to like sterile hospital conditions. Yeah. Wait, right. really? 4,000? 4, Are you sure about that, Matthew? I thought it's usually 5,000, 6,500. Well, what I use throughout like the living spaces is 4,000 Kelvin mm-hmm. because oh, that's like space. the compromise right. temperature. My grow racks are 65. Like, yeah, like everything that I'm using, like in a deliberate and intentional way outside of like a living room or like a space that people would be expected to sit and enjoy themselves. Those are all 4,000 Kelvin lights. (laughs) Everything intentional though is 6,500. I I love that you know that because I don't even know mine. I like, because I ordered mine off like Amazon and I, Mm. I literally have no idea. I don't know how to measure that. I don't know how to. I don't know how to look there's up that information. I, I think there's a lot of. It's usually just like marked on the screen. I'll yeah. have to look. I still have my yeah. Amazon order with it, so maybe I'll look it up because that's actually kind of really, curious. I don't know. All right, um, the store that we shop we shop at for a lot of our lighting it, that's very clearly marked. It's kind of how they think about it, mm-hmm. or you know, at least at at retail in these contexts or something. So maybe that's part of it. You know, we're just mm-hmm. kind of that's in our conversations, maybe. Okay, and that's what we're saying. I'm also like, I, I'm just like really focused on like the aesthetic of the space. A lot of yeah. times, like I care a lot yeah. about so, the details and particulars. Mm-hmm. I, and so I like, that if there is a, one, sorry, that, I think that was such a difference too. Like when you moved to your new house, you then set up grow racks. Finally, before it was all like, yeah. oh well, you know, if I can hide a light in here, and then it will kind of be next to like these sort of curie or not or like these kind of like accents or you know you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. right like and it's such it's such an industrial look at your um at your new place i think that's i mean i i like that yeah but like if one light bulb is a different color of white from the rest oh. of them oh, that just no. like grates on my eyes yeah so like i i actually have a little note on my phone about like all the different kinds of bulbs that I like so that I can just reorder easily if the supplier is no longer selling or something. And the criteria that I use are basically the highest wattage that the fixture I'm using will support because these are often just going to like vintage lamps from the 60s, (laughs) stuff like that. Um, But then also I need the CRI, the the color Mm -hmm. rendering index to be as high as possible. And I aim for like 80, 85 is better like and above because that tells you how complete the spectrum is. So I just find the Kelvin that's appropriate for where I'm growing it. And then like the highest uh, CRI possible, the highest wattage that the device will support. And then I just buy like any product regardless of what it is intended to be used for. Yeah, for me, I just have a couple brands. I good deals on these things. Bet you do. Yeah, (laughs) but I'm buying like under the cabinet lighting for like kitchen use. But it has a high CRI so that the color quality looks really beautiful underneath the, you know, counters or whatever. Yes. So that's my tip, how to save money on your (laughs) life. Heard it here first. (laughs) Save on that electricity bill. (laughs) I might have said it somewhere else other times, but yeah. I love that. Well, yeah, and grow lights are just like, I don't know, a lot of people are like really like not scared of them but like maybe intimidated by them because there's there's so many and like just oh, learning yeah. about the different calvins and like what else is there like um, i don't know because i don't really have a lot I, they intimidate me yeah. <laughs> yeah. well and you have to pick between like t5s uh, yeah don't you like what is those what and is like that? halogen like, and led yeah yeah like it's intimidating i think that jumping up to lights is one of those like first big like level ups that mm-hmm. a new plant pair is going to mm-hmm. reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people with the given new plant parenthood that's occurred this year because of COVID, I think people going into winter are like, fuck, I need to get some grow lights in my house. Otherwise yeah. y'all ain't surviving this winter. Yeah. 
I, I love yeah. Rollades, though. I've, like, I've mastered it. There's a lot it. of really good options now. There really are. Well, I want to move on to unpopular opinions. Oh, wait. Can you do the do the sound? Mm-hmm. What is it? Is it this one? <laughs> I don't know. It's anybody's guess. Wait. Is it? Hold on. We're going to try a sound bite real quick. <laughs> I think okay. it's the purple one. I'm going to try it and see what it's on here. <laughs> <laughs> it's crickets. Wait. Ow. Is it this one? Are you making yeah. fun of us? No, we're, we're moving on to... So wait, here, let me... Take two, ready? We're moving on to unpopular opinions. <laughs> oh, so Thank sad. you. Satisfied? I am satisfied I needed that. Okay. Um, we used to use crickets as our transitional noise, and we, like, ditched that, like, way long ago. I remember that's so funny. It's just because we're lazy, okay? We we liked it, but it was like, oh, splicing it again because we're doing we, it yeah. We want to do, we yeah. don't have a whole lot of like sound effects. We did mm-hmm. some for our Halloween episode, but we mm-hmm. for season four, we're going to take more time and like really get more into the sound bites on yeah. you. That's how we're going to step it up. Cheesy sound bites. Cheesy sound bites. Nice. Let's go. Yes. Hey, That's all for you guys. I think it'd be funny to get a, st- a sound bite of me saying uh, spirit is stanky on here yeah, and just being like stanky. <laughs> no, you were like stanky. It was literally yeah. like spirit is stanky. <laughs> I, I could not say it. One of I my still favorite can't. moments of 2020. Yep. You're welcome. How many aeroid people do you think just like blew a blood vessel and rage there. I'm sure. They probably did. And you know what? Come for me. I don't care. You We're know not a very highbrow podcast. They're not our listeners. That's okay. Um, Perfect. So let's talk unpopular opinions. Now, <clears throat> this is a safe space. We, <laughs> we respect everyone's opinions, whether they are popular or unpopular. Whether they're right or wrong. Right or wrong. Um, I'm always right. We're all always right. Okay. Yeah. We've we've talked about this. So again, safe space and share your unpopular opinion. We'll go around and say, I agree, I disagree, or I'm I'm neutral about it. And then share your case why you feel that way. Um, because it's valid at the end of the day. So who would like to start? Do you want to start, Jillian? I can start. My okay. first one is actually the direct opposite of your first one, which I love. <laughs> um, but I basically wrote, drainage holes are absolutely necessary for new plant parents. Putting some rocks at the bottom doesn't do shit. It's a lie. It doesn't work. Yep. I, I do agree with that. For new plant parents. For new plant parents. For new plant parents. I agree. Well, you drainage- graduated beyond that? Hold on. Well, I'll get to me in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, um, new new plant parents need drainage holes. I agree. Matthew, do you agree? Oh, I think we lost with the Matthew. caveat for new plant parents. Yes. Oh, so you both graduated agree. beyond that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're right, Jillian. You're just straight up right. <laughs> so, so why do you feel that way? Why should uh, new plant parents have drainage holes? It's just you're going to understand how to water your plants so much better and develop yeah. that relationship so much stronger. Um, without a drainage hole, you're just more likely to cause root rot and all kinds of other gross things. I know people put rocks at the bottom. I've heard that don't that just that. raises the water table. And so you're more likely to get mm-hmm. rot. I don't trust that that works at all. It, do- I don't, it doesn't. On that it doesn't. Whatever. It doesn't. So let's just put it out there. It doesn't. Don't okay. Put rocks. But then let's go to your unpopular opinion because you and Matthew seem to believe mm. that Listen. people who've had plants for a while can go without. Okay. So my opinion is my unpopular opinion is I like pots without drainage sometimes. Do we agree? Matthew? Yes. Steven? No. I'm sorry. Only as like a decorative pot, not to pot directly yeah. in. Okay. Like it's got to be a cash pot. So. Yeah. Cash. Yeah. Cash pots like whatever, but for directly planting. So I'm thinking you're really hardy boys. So like a ZZ plant for instance, or stuff I might have in like spag that's really aerated, but mostly like the hardy boys that I know won't die who don't really need drainage. Like my, I have like a pothos in a pot without drainage. All right. Don't try this at home with the ZZ. Somebody's going to rot their ZZ. Listen, no, 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 no. Try it. Try it at home and then learn from the mistakes. <laughs> right. You can do it better the next time. I have my variegated oh. ZZ in a pot that does not have a drainage hole in it. And it's been why, doing so well in there. Why no drainage holes? I mean, we don't see the drainage holes. True. Um, It's more so... Cleanliness? It's not necessarily that. It's just the type of pot. 
So if I like a pot and it doesn't have drainage in it, I'll be like, you know what? Do I have a plant at home that will do well in it? And I just water it less. And they do fine. I know the watering schedule for it. It's not going to be sitting and soaking water. So that's kind of what I've learned over time. But it's not all plants. Mm -hmm. Don't be putting like all your philodendrons and like your ones that are like really fussy. Those definitely need aeration. I'm going to buy you diamond drill bits for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you that. We so, don't have drill operations at home, okay? So it's for those cases. Yeah. Yeah, we, we skip the moment where we say whether we agree or disagree. My agreement comes with caveats. Like, I think that there are some plants that you can totally get away with that. It's those hardy boys. Like, yeah. I grew a white bird of paradise in a container with no drainage for years and mm -hmm. it was never a problem because there was a thick layer of gravel in the bottom yeah and like it just it was never an issue and uh, i would probably not do that with that plant now but i really like using a really thick layer of drainage in a closed vessel because like that's essentially that technique i was talking about with alocasia you just have a wick running from the bottom where the water is mm -hmm. up into the substrate and that helps regulate the even moisture perfectly because mm -hmm. excess water will always fall into the drainage layer yep. that's just how gravity works mm -hmm. and then the capillary action of the wick and the actual substrate itself pulls up just as much as it yep. can hold mm -hmm. to stay lightly moist and i use a really airy substrate when i'm doing this to make sure that the air exchange happens i make sure yep. that it's a plant that wants these conditions yep. but honestly that's how i'm growing a ton of ferns really successfully right now I'm growing a few plants experimentally with that method, mixed results. But I also know somebody who has a giant cane begonia that came to them in a pot that has no drainage. It's mm. never been repotted. Half the soil has just been like put into the plant and it's fine. Like it's yeah. doing so well. So I think that if you have those components worked yep. out about how to regulate in this new set of conditions that you have, I think that you can get away with it and sometimes it's really useful but yeah. it shouldn't be entered into lightly without experience or yes. thoughts well, yes. but but okay if you really wanted a plant to thrive is that the potting choice you would choose yeah for these ferns that is the potting choice because but i do that's keep different what you're describing is different than i think a closed pot well i guess it kind of is yeah. It's almost I like a self-watering I mean, pot. It's a closed pot. If you were like, yeah, I, this is a great plant. Yeah, it, it's going to do so well. I think it's more, it's like a compromise position, right? Yeah. yeah. There are very few pots that I don't add drainage holes to if they don't have them. And the plant that I'm putting them in wants them. Like I drill holes yep. in my cash yeah. pots all the time when I'm like, okay, well, you've been a cash pot for years, but I want this plant in you planted well then I'll just drill a hole because I can't think of any example off the top of my head of a plant that I would just do this to intentionally unless it's one of those special cases like the ferns and begonias. Yeah, well, that's fair. I guess that makes okay. sense. I'm right. Um, <laughs> um, We're all always right. Exactly. So we'll kind of go down on our end. So Matthew, what is your first oh. unpopular opinion? So I think that with the huge number of new plant parents which i absolutely love i think that a lot of them are trying to figure out what they're doing and they're getting into the numerous new like plant identification disease identification gardening mm -hmm. kind of apps mm -hmm. i don't think that those are helping and i think that people are getting dumber because of them because of the plant apps shots fired yeah i think that the plant apps are really reducing the experiential learning that people are getting and i think it is more harmful than useful for not everybody but quite a number of people mm. kiss those sponsorships goodbye yeah i was about to say if you want to be sponsored by plant snap it's not okay, happening anymore right. well i've also never used it so i'm just talking about what i see on facebook groups we can get into this it. more what everyone says if they agree or not i i agree with that i agree with that I honestly agree. People get really lazy about it instead of just trying to look stuff mm -hmm. up. And mm -hmm. half yeah. the time those apps are wrong. I think iNaturalist is really cool, but I think what they're doing is exactly. a little different. Mm -hmm. iNaturalist is different to me. But mm -hmm. yeah, the plant apps that, I mean, until you can get to a place where you can take a picture of a, a leaf and like actually identify it, mm -hmm. I think it's not really helpful before that. And people claim to be able to do that. And I feel like they still can't. And exactly yeah. iNaturalist, like you need people to look at it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like a 
the, the specific thing that made me want to include this was I saw a photo of a very thirsty, like it was a Diffenbachia or an Aglaonema or something. Mm-hmm. And it was just a person writing into one of our local plant groups. And they were like, the plant app says to water this every 10 days, but it always looks so thirsty. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's because you need to water it more for your conditions. Adjust, but they honey. were terrified to deviate from what the app was telling them. I'm like, um, you are not learning anything through this process. Give that plant right. water probably twice as often. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's an issue, I feel like, with a lot of those apps or like, I don't even know, like things online that's like plant doctor or whatever. I don't know. But well, even like, at like where I work, people will ask me like, well, how often do I need to water it? Well, no, but like once every week, once every two weeks, and it's like, mm, I'm always going to tell oh, you to lift that pot and see yeah. how heavy it is. Or you like, need to see what the soil with your is finger. like. Yeah, like, yeah. Give a little bit more Sorry. extra added effort into it. If you're, especially if you're spending money, I don't know, just take a little extra but it makes me It makes me think of a lot of like, if you just Google like how to care for a bromeliad and then you just look at some of these care things, they'll often be like, put it in the bathroom. There's high humidity. <laughs> and then the person doesn't think about light and then like, it's in this dark bathroom dying because like that's not the whole piece yeah, yeah. that's annoying You're i can all in agreement why am i still soapboxing no no <laughs> please no i that not to like um get off too topic but i hate it when online whatever that has plants has to do with plants says to put shit in the bathroom there's high humidity bitch i don't have a fucking window i'm not some fucking multi-millionaire like with windows in my bathroom i live in aurora okay uh, just put it's some COVID. girl lights in your bathroom uh, and it's COVID and no I'm one's about to. okay that's <laughs> not girl. Like, no one's acknowledging yeah. that mm-hmm. anyway yeah. no I mean like I'm proud of myself that I showered recently that's, right I, I showered, showered today too oh, did we all Yay. like did almost all of us shower today or I did like not recently? shower today it's my Saturday I didn't shower ah! today. <laughs> yesterday okay well that's I've been very... sick and I think I listen okay this is gonna be probably way TMI but I think while I've been sick so I got sick at the beginning of November I think I've taken a total of like six showers since then because I've just been so sick and I can't even like get in the shower judge me if you want I don't care I'm right so well thank you for sharing that Stephen what is your unpopular opinion so thank you um one I didn't share with Matthew beforehand moss poles are very ugly (laughs) oh my gosh someone Someone needs to like invent the next type of moss pole, like something that doesn't look like, uh, you know, a fence that contains garbage. All right, I gotta say, I make all the moss poles from a shop. I've had people come in and just buy moss poles. They don't even know what the fuck they're for. They're just like, I'm just gonna put that in a vase in the corner of my room. It looks so cute, and I think they're super dumb, but like. That's how fucking cute my moss poles are. Okay, period. I'm off my okay. You're getting the money. <laughs> She's passionate. I would love to be wrong. Like, or we'll, like the we'll number send of times you one. I like started to make a moss pole and I've been like, oh, uh, I'm like. Mm. It's like, really I, just I, moss. I, I mean, it's useful. How pretty can you make moss look? Hmm. Well, so okay, so wait, so you, so you disagree I have, strongly? Yeah, I have to disagree. I make them. I think I good. also I will disagree. Matthew, do you uh, agree or disagree? I, I agree. I think the aesthetic <laughs> of a moss pole is very challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with that portion of it. But you can definitely, and I think traditional sense, like the traditional moss poles that we see all the time, those are, those are fucking ugly. Like the brown netted ones. Yeah, yeah those are uh, ugly. But the ones that they sell at... Uh, Jillian's shop um they're green and they're lush and they're full it's still moss at the end of the day it is. but it's like preserved moss on the outside and sphag on the inside yeah. so like you at least can't oh, see the, all the ugly stuff that's an opinion that i should have shared that the decorative moss is useless in horticulture and <laughs> it is, is totally to useless it is. actually but <laughs> it is yeah but i think that the way that the moss pole is used with the plant is like fundamentally important to whether it's attractive. Mm -hmm. I think that my least favorite use of a moss pole is when you cram it in a pot that has a ton of pothos already growing and Uh, you just like wrap that shit all the way up to the top. Then it looks like some awful ivy topiary on the set of like The Bachelor. And if you wanted to do it better, you would have like planted the cuttings around the base of it to let them naturally grow and climb onto it and then mature as they get higher. And then it's a specimen plant. Then it's attractive. 
Did she do the post Bachelor or something? It's just not any topiary. It's a topiary on the set of The Fucking Bachelor. Like, who the fuck do they think they are? (laughs) I've not even watched that show much. Okay, but there... I haven't either. It was just great. There is a Moss poll that I saw. Um, I'll find her store and I'll link it below. But she does, like, colored um, little dots of spag in her Moss poles. So it's, like, Hmm. rainbow colors. And you can do, like, different color schemes in your Moss pole. So if you have like an all white pot collection, you can get like specks of like white and gray in it or like, I don't know, whatever you want. That's aesthetically pleasing. But yeah, I, oh my gosh, I can't remember her name. I'll look it up, but I thought that was really pretty. But I mean, moss poles too are hella expensive though. And they're so easy to make. So you just go make. get yourself like a bale of compressed sphagnum, maybe some PVC piping and some coated wire mesh. Like you can make one real cheap, real easily for any size plant that you want. Yes. Ugly one. Yes. Yeah, but if you can have an ugly moss pole that's eventually covered by yeah, like... keep going in circles, okay? You guys just mute us. <laughs> three, three individual vines of Monstera adansonii yeah. climbing up, getting progressively larger on a moss pole. Yeah. Like, uh, that can exactly. be beautiful. In five but years. Not every, yeah, not everyone can be Craig Milran. <laughs> he does the most beautiful ones. The majority of them are hideous. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But I have them all over the place, too. So I know, I do. I have the ugly ones also. I do I do hate the ugly ones. I do agree with you on that. But I do think they can be pretty. You just got to look for them. Can, yeah. Yeah. We should also acknowledge that this is very subjective. So what one person yeah. thinks is beautiful, someone else might True. not like at all. So like, I don't know if I'd want a green one or one with rainbow. I like a very like neutral monochrome. <laughs> I do too, actually. So we yeah, might I'm all neutral. be thinking of completely different mm-hmm. moss pole examples yes. in our heads. True. Yeah, that's possible. But again... We're all right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I love about it. I love it too. Okay. Well, thank you. We respect your opinion, Stephen. Okay. My turn. I'm going to get so roasted for this. Maybe not. I don't know. Okay. I... We have a bad one coming too. So go okay. for it. I am yeah. not. This is. I don't even know how to word this. I'm not a Lekka person. I don't think I'm going to be a Lekka person. I have some things in Lekka. I'm not mm-hmm. obsessed with it because I wanted to try it and test it and experiment and see how my plant reacted to it. I didn't like it. I still have like three or four that I'm trying to transition out. But other than that, I'm I'm not into LECA. I appreciate and I'm really jealous that people are into LECA and I wish I had that, but I tried it and I'm just like kind of over it. So do you, do you agree? Tell us if you agree. I don't have anything in like a, yeah, not yeah. really anything. Yeah. I feel so validated. <laughs> <laughs> If that, yeah. if Lekka disappeared tomorrow, I wouldn't remember. It, or if you were I like, agree. "Hey, here's five dollars to never have Lekka," I would take the five bucks. I would just be like, like "It's fine. <laughs> it, it's fine, right?" But I, it never feels yeah. necessary. I love that. If I maybe if I did, I feel like I tried to do that. I would, but I mm-hmm. don't. I, I feel like just on principle, I'm going to disagree. Mm-hmm. But I agree with everything that everyone has said. I personally do not you? have the like. <laughs> You top well, dress. Well, let me finish talking. Okay. That's, that's yeah, yeah. Out of control. So, I actually love Lekka, which is why I'm disagreeing that Lekka is actually great. But I don't really do the semi hydro because I'm not good enough at like regularly fertilizing. So mm-hmm. the plants that I have grown in semi hydro, they look great at first. I'm amazed mm-hmm. with their root growth. I love the yeah. hashtag root porn. But then they just get like sadder and sadder. And yep. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That plant has been living in inert water for six months by now. Yes. So like it's not a solution for me. I don't know what people have against dirt in their homes, but I love using LECA for so many things like epiphytic mixes, for increasing the airiness mm-hmm. of the substrate, for a variety of plants. Yep. I love it as a drainage layer because it's lightweight yep. and I have a fuck ton of it. <laughs> but like I love using yeah, LECA. Trough- still going through it. Yeah, but I use it as like drainage so, layers and trays for yeah. plants to sit on for humidity. I, I have found so many uses for Lekka that are not semi-hydro, <laughs> and they're all better than semi-hydro. Yeah, I mean, I've tried, okay, so I've tried Lekka in like, you know, helping with like root development, and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I have like one that I need to rescue mission, like I'll put it in that just to see if what it would do but I guess back you know to what you were saying Matthew is like okay it's been six months and you need you need nourishment you need your vitamins like you know what I mean and it's like I already have so much to do with my plants 
I need to spray them with neem. I need to fertilize them. I need to prune them. Like I have all this stuff. I don't want to do an added separate fertilizer and pay for that with LECA. It's just like, I don't, I'm not about that life. I don't want to add something new and I don't want to invest in it. I have, you know, over a hundred houseplants in soil. Am I really going to take the time to invest in hydrogen? Hell no. What we're saying is we all hate change. (laughs) Yeah. It's the human condition, but like, I like the biggest obstacle to me though like I have the bottles of the hydroponic like nutrients and there's like different things for different yeah and I never use them there's like different (laughs) things for for for, for different purposes Uh and you have to be careful about like mix it with the water first then add the next thing because if you add the the undiluted chemicals then all the nutrients will bind up and then it's not useful and if you add something first and then something else to it then it binds up the nutrients and the chemicals so like it's it's like this level of chemistry that i cannot imagine doing we're not tyler thrasher usually my watering routine is like everything is about to die of thirst so i'm like running around like filling at the bathtub because that spigot fills my gallon watering can faster and i'm just like listening to podcasts or npr like doing like numerous trips in and out of the bathroom to wherever my plants are fertilizer can't factor into that more than a few times a year yes so we're all in agreement (laughs) actually yeah i love it okay thank you for validating that i i feel really validated in this jillian let's see i like this one so plants don't improve your air quality enough to make any difference agreed agree uh try growing 400 plants and then see how it goes (laughs) no um no you're totally right like you have to have so many plants in the space to make any measurable difference yeah, you're Tons probably getting the closest. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when the West Coast was on fire this summer, uh, friends of mine were like, "Oh wow, you must have super clean air with all your plants." I'm like, "They don't filter smoke out of the air. That's oh, not helping. They're actually getting my... covered in white." No, gosh. in fact, that was <laughs> happening here. And your particulate of ash. Yeah, oh. you get ash all over your plants that you yeah. have to clean off. That was happening here too. Yes. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had a few. Fires. I did have people asking, "Do you think that the carbon dioxide increase in our air?" actually like did anything for the plants where they like whoa so much i think the loss of sunlight and <laughs> yeah, the addition exactly. of ash canceled everything out yeah, yeah. So, like the, the unseasonable <laughs> cold or whatever mm-hmm. was happening <laughs> yeah okay. they're all slammed into like a cloudy day for weeks mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah. who okay. who's was it nasa or yep. It was NASA who NASA did the studies, but it was like in the seventies or the eighties, and they yeah. had like perfectly like clean conditions that were like sealed off. And yeah, not actually comparable off to a they home. They were studying for use on space. Yeah, not like in like your home controlled spaceship environments. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that's like but a I, frustrating thing too. Is you go to these like nurseries and they'll say, "Buy me, I help improve your air quality." Bitch, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. They do, just not to any measurable extent. No, you're not going to feel yeah. the effects of it. Like, if you sleep with a plant in your room, I mean, cool. But if it's for air quality, like, sis, nah. I don't know. Somebody go buy a few hundred piece lilies. Like, let us know how it goes. <laughs> but I don't see any you know, difference. Yeah. My personal favorite thing is that that list includes plants that I would never recommend as house plants, And it also usually tells exactly what, like, VOCs and chemicals they mm-hmm. filter out of the air. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are people like? my god i've got way too much like polybidinium in my <laughs> in my home atmosphere so i need to make sure i get spider plants instead of like jasmine mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i don't know I just you think know that's, what uh, so we clicked on the article we read it so uh, <laughs> it worked it worked yeah. okay so we all agree <laughs> we on all that agree, one though. i love it okay yeah 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 and then okay it was who went next was it steven i yeah i'm gonna okay. queue up our i'm gonna queue up our yes our i'm ready for um, this yeah. i'm ready Shock okay, me. So agree or disagree, aeroid thing. It's a craze oh will pass. Yeah, no, agree. It'll definitely pass. It's such a it's a huge center of gravity, I feel like, in the house plant, you know, hobby right now. Everybody like I feel like everybody wants one. I it just kind of as an outsider to it a little bit. I remember a year or two ago, like well into my plant hobby, I was like I felt very serious with carnivorous plants and succulents. I remember at Matthew's house asking Matthew and Miles, this uh, guest that we have on the show a fair amount, 
I was like, what's an aeroid? Like, totally honestly. I was like, what I is that? Miles and I were both like, just like staring shot. at him. Like, our brains <laughs> like, short circuited. We're like talking about <laughs> other plant things for like, you know, years at that point. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, what is it? Like, I, I think it's a, you know, it's a, not a flash in the pan, but it's like craze and it will be over someday. Like, we hmm. look now, at these the old second, pictures. Yeah. The second half of our thoughts on this collectively, I think that that there are a lot of pros and cons to the aeroid popularity. I think that a lot of people would argue that it is ultimately damaging the hobby at this point or in this moment in time. But that's what everybody thinks. Is that what you think? I'm inclined to agree, but I mean, like, I'm a Gemini. I live in the gray zone in terms of, like, justifying and understanding and rationalizing. All right, astrological cop-out. There there are enough strong points to the aeroid craze that I would say that it's ultimately good, but I do, like... Let me just share what I think Okay, no, no, no. They have to agree or disagree right first. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Because then... Do you want to go first? I'm definitely unpopular. Um, So I disagree with the first part about the craze ending and whatever, like, aeroids being popular always. I disagree with that. I do agree that it is, specifically right now, damaging our community. I do agree with that. Why? Like, anything more you want to say about why it's damaging? Well... So you can be the bad guy and it doesn't have to be me. Well, so for the plants, like... Aeroids are so easy to propagate and grow. For the most part, a lot of them are. And for a grower's perspective, why would they invest in something in space and soil and water into something that's more difficult in a slower grower when you have these aeroids that grow quickly? So I'm looking at it from that perspective, and they're going to be the ones who put it, who are putting plants in our plant shops, right? They're the ones are buying direct. So it's really in their hands, I feel like at this point, what they're going, but also it, consumers do have an influence over it of what we want, what we want to see more of. There is definitely that key, but at the end of the day, if the grower doesn't have it, like the grower doesn't have it and it's what they're growing and what they're choosing to grow. So I think it's a little bit of that, but also- Wait, so it's damaging because growers- Well, it's not necessarily the grower's fault. I think there's people who are taking these plants and flipping them and making this amazing hobby seem like it's not, I wanna be very delicate with this, making it look like it's it's excluding others. It's an excluding community based on these aeroids being super expensive and rare and whatever. It's very excluding to others, mm-hmm. especially people in socioeconomic issues, people who are in marginalized communities. Oh, I don't have this plant. I'm, I can't be a part of the community aspect. So I think I see your point in that of it being damaging. There's a lot That's of like the most significant aspect of what I think the problem is because there is an inherent privilege mm-hmm. to what we are doing growing plants ornamentally. I agree. This is money that is not going towards like bills or, you know, lodging, food, any of the necessities of life. Right. This is stuff that we are buying for pure ornamental reasons and like I'm thinking about uh, Anthurium Ace of Spades. Mm-hmm. When that plant oh like first came to my attention, it was around the time that Anthurium Clarinervium came to my mm-hmm. attention. And I bought one because it was like the closest to it. And mm-hmm. I ultimately ended up resenting that plant for not being the Clarinervium. Uh, <laughs> but like that is an expensive plant now. It's not like the supply suddenly dwindled and it's become more popular. It is very expensive because Mm -hmm. it is an aeroid and i think that we have created this like status plant idea Mm -hmm. largely driven by social media largely driven by plant influencers and we're even guilty about that ourselves as plant podcasters giving time to these plants but it really does pain me to think that like not everyone can just go buy anything that they want and when you go to a Home Depot or a Lowe's and buy every single one of the Cebu Blue and then sell them for like 300% more on your Facebook groups. Yeah. I have a hard time not seeing that as being really tacky and unfair Mm -hmm. that you're able to turn a profit at someone else's expense. Mm -hmm. Then I think that when you blow that up to a larger picture, I don't know if you were seeing this as often as I am on the social medias, but 
conservatories, botanical gardens, private growers and collectors, yeah. they're having their greenhouses just like raided and mm -hmm. important expensive plants are being stolen entirely yeah. because of this market that we've driven. We've created a black market. Like yeah. I think that it has made this such an exclusionary and problematic hobby. Like I don't know much about the poaching, but we get reached out to regularly by sellers we know nothing about who are offering plants that we kind of have to suspect might be poached or from mm. stolen collections, like stuff like that. Like, wow. I don't know how big of a problem that truly is, but I didn't see this years ago. And it's yeah. really a dark side of a hobby that I think is ultimately like super positive. People love sharing their rare plants amongst each other. Like most of my rarest plants are from trades with friends. Yep. Like that is such a core aspect that I think it's really sick and gross what we're seeing now in just terms of plant prices in general. Mm -hmm. I'll yeah. put away my soapbox. No, you're good. It's interesting because I agree with you guys that it's damaging yeah. and you guys are looking at, you're looking at it from like a macro perspective and kind of how it's affecting the community at large. And I, I agree mm -hmm. and my reason goes hand in hand, but from more of like a micro perspective, like I've just seen so much more greed in people that yeah. have become a part of the plant community than I, than I did before and yeah. then that I expected to see from people that just kind of saw the dollar signs yeah. and like got sucked into it and it's really unfortunate because like you said like most of my rare plants are from like trades and stuff like that or yeah. from people I know so yeah. yeah it's been a huge bummer but I do agree that it's only a fad and it will totally end which is a good thing I, I don't think this popularity can last it can't last forever I think aeroids will always be but it's popular. Not they're go anywhere. No, they're well, not going to go anywhere. They'll still be popular. Like Monstera Deliciosas yeah. will still be yeah. landscaping plants, and everybody will still want like an elbow. But I don't think people are mm -hmm. going to be selling like their arm and a leg for one either. You yeah. know, yeah. and it's yeah. just like maybe our grandmas had Hoyas, and then our parents didn't, or something. There might be some mm -hmm. generational thing where it's yes. like, oh, these are our parents' plants. Oh my gosh, who wants these like mm -hmm. spade-shaped right. things? What you know? So who knows? Yeah. There was a tie at my local Home Depot. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. But I think that this has generated so much excitement and brought so many people yes. into the hobby that ultimately I think that the love that people have for aeroids has opened the planty world door to them. And that I think is the ultimate yeah. success there. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a fine line with it. It's hard to talk about especially like being on a podcast because like we love our community we love the community we've built and we never want to mm -hmm. talk crap about it but i think this is re this is realistic people like you said are breaking into conservatories and botanical gardens and sealing property and we're normalizing prop lifting and, and all that stuff so it's like the dark side of it and we need yeah, to talk about it prop lifting is so tacky Ugh. sorry there's so much white privilege in prop lifting and literally like, so much white yes. privilege yeah yes Ooh. and it's always some white guy like the huntington botanic garden mm -hmm. silver chrome like in this last week or two yeah in florida some white right? guy mm -hmm. yeah some yeah. white guy on camera pulling out plants did you see so. that video of that guy yeah like, that yeah i was nauseous mm -hmm. nauseous mm -hmm. watching that i just oh i felt so bad for that guy it makes me wonder, like, do I need to be careful about the fact that you can see nice plants, like, in, in my videos. home from the street? Mm. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my like, God. Like, no, I don't think so here. But mm. if I was in Florida, I might actually worry. I'm yeah. very worried about my pseudolithos plant, that melon one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so my dead sticks are really at risk. From, like, a condo <laughs> building a block away. That's Appealing. awesome. I love that. So we are, we're all kind of, like... You know, or a little agreement, a little disagreement yeah. with that. But I think we all can agree that there is definitely a problem that isn't being talked about as much. And maybe it's up to us. Maybe it's up to other people who are in the community who have a really great platform to bring that more into and shining a light on it and saying, this is what's happening and here's what we need to do about it. So, yeah, yeah. we all just love our community and have yeah. higher standards for it. And we want do. to see Fuck it continue yes. to be a loving sharing space. Hell yes. And I'd love it if somebody saw a plant for sale on like Facebook market or wherever mm -hmm. you get these rare stolen plants that they actually like consider what is the provenance of this and is right. it a justifiable purchase for me to make? 
Yeah. And just one like short thing to add here, hopefully, but somebody to, I think, name here, Jane Perone, um, who has on the, on the Ledge podcast, she mm-hmm. has a Thai constellation, I think, and she sort of chose to not participate in this and gave away mm-hmm. cuttings instead of selling and kind of made this like, you know, made it public kind of. I think that was good, right? Yeah. Just a good reminder. It's like, you know, yeah. we can all do this too. And yeah, let's start propagating those things and then everyone can have them. Yeah, yeah, totally. In fact, she has a whole episode on rare plants and kind of the commodity it's become. And mm-hmm. the whole thing is a gem. Like, yeah, 10, 10 worth a listen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's a really good yeah. episode. Listen to us hyping up other podcasts. <laughs> I love that. See, this is the community I love. Um, we love all these other shows. <laughs> yes. We're like, you know, like we're literally fangirling right now. We're talking to Plant Daddy Podcast. What? This I know, crazy. right? Thank you all for being on. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, I definitely appreciate like, for a while. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, real quick, I do. Okay. So I do want to do at least one more. Is that okay Go for all it. of us? Another round yeah. and then we'll kind of tie up. Is that cool? Because we've been going a while. We, we're we're big yeah. talkers and with four people, like we all talk a lot. So yeah. we kind of knew this would happen. We're it's probably going to do this in two parts anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yes. Let's do another round of unpopular opinions. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So Stephen, you did yours. Matthew, is that was that your unpopular opinion? I just want to make sure. Real quick. Yeah, yeah, that okay. was like a two. I love it. This is not plant related. I need Another to get this man. off my chest. Yeah, I think she just needs like a therapy session. That's really what. <laughs> well, this I is just right need now. to put this out in the universe. This and... whole episode is just for this little mm-hmm, moment. This moment. It's just okay. exactly. I was like, let's have this. Let's talk about this, so I can specifically talk about this. <sighs> Listen, I am a. Let me preface. I'm a little monster. Always have been. Put your paws up. I've been a little monster for 12 years. Okay. I love Lady Gaga. I've seen her four times in concert. I'm fully obsessed with her. Anytime I can talk about her, I will talk about her. Uh, She's my queen icon. Love her. I'm sad about her Chromatica era. And listen, (laughs) Gaga, if you're listening to this podcast, you need to put out another music video. Stop focusing on Oreos and... Mm. Do you have a thing for Oreos? Yes, like she came, she came out with oh my god. She came out with Chromatica Oreos recently. Really? Yes. So so you know that Nabisco like shot themselves when that was an option. <laughs> I know. So do we agree or disagree with my opinion on the I Chromatica agree. era? Thank you. I agree. And in fact, I, I'm I'm gonna increase that with I've kind of been sliding a little bit off on how much I enjoy everything she has done yeah, recently. I agree. And mm-hmm. on one hand, I fucking love that she is such a talented, amazing yep. singer and she's exploring so many different things. Yes. Nothing beats like the 2009 <sighs> DNC shit. Like, yes. that's the music that I love the most. Yep. And I will always appreciate her as the icon. Yep. I listened to Jolene once. <laughs> I haven't listened to Chromatica oh. more than incidentally. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Okay. I feel terrible. Um, <laughs> like I. Is this going to surprise yeah. anyone, Stephen? Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, am, like, I appreciate Lady Gaga. I have not really felt like I was a fan mm-hmm. until, or like since the. I would, I would really say like. The okay. First clo- album close out. Close it out, Jillian. Stop. Stop recording. But the fame monster is probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Chromatica, there was a track or two. I listened to it, and it's mm-hmm. like you know, there's not many artists that I'll like. I'll kind of listen to like whatever they put out, just so I can like know what's there, right? But okay. I don't know what's next. Where do you go from here? Okay, I don't know what the answer is. There was for. well that video that she released where they're all like kind of on some alien looking planet, and it kind of seems a little bit stupid Mad Max, a little but bit Ariana Grande. Listen, there was a tribe hold on, of plant hold on. people. Oh yeah, yeah, there was like a whole tribe of like clear plant people, which. I don't know, maybe not all clear. But uh, it sure seemed like it. Y'all can't I was see Madison is straight, straight doing the choreography. Listen. Was that the dance? Mm-hmm. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah. We'll, we'll overlay a track on that. We'll get copyrighted. Yeah. Uh, Jillian, did you say your stance on this, though? Are you I, neutral? I don't. I'm pretty neutral. Like, I've, I was going to yeah. make me such a bad gay, but, like, I just don't. Mm-hmm. I've. That don't follow her like I, I appreciate her music and never talk bad about her so whenever I, I she's very creative yeah. and talented whenever I bring up Gaga around Jillian I just see her like cringe and be like can you shut the fuck I up? don't do a lot of pop music like I just don't know a lot I, about her as a person either yeah. I'm not good at that kind Fair of enough. stuff so okay I really know about myself I love pop Nothing music will ever recapture the feeling of watching the 2009 VMAs yep when she like hung herself 
with the lace and the blood. Yes. Like, yep. I think I Steven looks as again lost as I do. Artist, yep. I yep. Sure. I agree. That was such an iconic moment, and that really jet setted her off to her being Lady Gaga, no longer Stephanie. Yeah. That was the moment. She's an amazing <clears throat> woman. Though. I'm I'm fully obsessed with her. I agree with that. But yeah. Chromatica era. Now it is because of COVID, it, and she was like, "I'm going to save the world. I'm going to collab with who." We're going to do this whole concert thing, raise money for COVID. Amazing, right? Um, and then she delayed her album release. She then released her album, and then she was going to go on Jimmy Fallon. And then that got canceled because, and then unfortunately, that was the weekend that George Floyd was murdered. And she mm. stepped back and was like, this is not important. I am not important. And that's when I was like, I had so much respect for her. And giving other people a platform that was such a crucial moment in our country, especially talking mm-hmm. about, you know, Black Lives Matter, talking about the ramifications of police brutality in this country. And she really focused on that and kind of stepped back from releasing other stuff. And then she came out with three music videos this year, Ariana Grande. She performed at the VMAs. And now we're like in this weird zone. Like we have so many pop divas this year. Taylor Swift came out with two fucking albums this year. I was just thinking about that. You're talking about not sucking the air out of the room by making everyone talk about you. And yes. here we have Taylor Swift's second album. Yes. And then look at look at um, Ariana Grande. Look at Dua Lipa, Megan Thee Stallion. Like, there's so many amazing women right now in pop music. And Lady Gaga is top tier. And for her to just be like, okay, I'm just not adjust to the environment I'm in being a pop um, legend. Like, it's sad. I don't know. I just want another music video. I was just a little mean to Taylor Swift. And I think that people do need art right now. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I would fault her for doing that. Yeah. She is bringing a ton of joy to people who like fucking need it right now. Yes, I agree. I think it's amazing that she did. I'm not a T-Swift fan, but I do love that she. Yeah, no, apparently we're a Lady Gaga podcast. (laughs) Listen, I, I told Ella today, I was with Ella, who is just as equal to like obsessive with Lady Gaga. And I told her, I was like, should we come out with a Lady Gaga podcast? Yeah, the two of you would absolutely love that. She's our green witch. She's the one who comes on and does all of our readings. It might have to And then you can get Stephanie to come on to two girls. (gasps) Yeah. Okay. I would love that. Okay. All right. Well, Who we got to focus on who we do have, and that's Matthew and Steven from Plant Daddy Podcast. Yes. So, yes, for sure. For we sure. just go at the prospect of <laughs> oh my God. talking to Lady Gaga. Listen, oh. I would die. Well, I guess we can end on that note. <laughs> if you want, or we can continue. Because right. I don't know where you're at on time, Steven. Um, yeah, I don't know, like 15 minutes or so. Cool. That, that, Let's do, that do you want to do a wrap-up, yeah, or whatever. do you want to do one more? Or we oh, could, I think we're Yeah, good. we could do a satellite like, session, too, or something, if that. Do you guys have any burning unpopular opinions you want to get off your chest or do you want to, we can wrap up Yeah, to like this is similar to my first one about how plant yes. apps are making people more dumb. Yes. I think me. that Facebook plant community groups are teaching people that they don't need to fucking Google shit. Like I think that it is yes. amazing the level of questions and answers that I read on the plant community groups. I don't even Agreed. use them. God, I agree so hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I run agree. one, so I shouldn't. But I agree. She's so she's the admin of one that has like how many people in it? It's Five like over six k people now, oh, and it's like wow. you just lose control at that That's point. Amazing. Like there is no I, constructive conversation. I'm actually super impressed, and and I knew who I was saying this to, so I'm <laughs> up for the the pushback. You know, nope. I, I don't agree. Okay. I I guess. Facebook plant groups have been instrumental for me. I just feel like what you're talking about, Matthew, is just it's the tough part about community, which we need to get better at. Like we mm-hmm. all need to get better at being parts of communities, right? Like all this this stuff that we've been able to filter out from our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, these people asking the basic questions or that's been such a great sort of bubble breaking kind of part of plant communities for me. So yeah, like bring on the questions about spraying your orchid with raid right like was was an actual example this is an example that we saw yeah or like someone doused their orchid in raid sealed it in a plastic bag and then wondered why it fell apart into multi-pieces no yeah and or just the stuff like that i don't know i i just feel like if that's the price we pay for for like more like connectedness and Mm -hmm. meeting all these great people i've met through that and sharing and everything i just feels like a tiny price i'll kind of come in in the middle so i 
I've met so many incredible people through Facebook groups, like Madison and a bunch yeah, of other people in the plant community. through her Facebook group. So I uh, have built an incredible community of people through it. So definitely instrumental in like getting to know the plant community and becoming <coughs> a part of it. But when people come in and ask, and it's not just like questions like, oh my God, do I use Raid? Because it kills insects. And like, so maybe that would work. Like, okay, sure. It's mm-hmm. silly, but like, sure. But if when people come in with entitlement and like somebody's like, oh, can you help me ID this plant? And they're like, oh, it's a split leaf philodendron. And somebody's like, oh, yeah, like it's also known as a monstera. And they're like, no, it's a philodendron. They're different plants. And they say it with like 100% certainty. Yeah. And you're like, mm, this isn't really constructive anymore. Like, yeah. you're, it's, I don't know. That's where it kind of loses it for me. Like, it's not constructive. It's yeah. not, you're not open to discussion. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. You're also not right. You're not right. You're arguing a point that's <laughs> like, not even correct. Do you yeah. see no. what role you would play in there, Matthew? Okay. <laughs> that's why I don't engage. I don't either. Yeah. I like am so like, I I just scroll past. I'm like, oh God. And then I go, Me sometimes too. I go into the comments and I just like, people are like tearing people apart too, which is also not okay. Like if you're asking mm-hmm. a dumb question, like people shouldn't be rude about it either. No. And there is like this whole online etiquette, especially in this dawn of age that we are in, with especially regarding covid but that's kind of the issue right like we Mm -hmm. you know jillian and i would have like and you guys mentioned it too like plant swaps and going to planty things and going to plant shops and going to the botanic gardens one day like doing all these things as a group that you meet through online and building that community but with covid we can't really do that right now there's not a whole lot Mm -hmm. of options and you know a lot of people are at risk high um so really like how are you supposed to build that community? Cause like, I remember when we would have plant swaps, we well, would give, we would just give plants to people. But now that same yeah. plant that people are giving, they're selling on Facebook for like $40 a cutting when really like yeah. you're not, you're not building community by doing that. You're just, yeah. well, it's a transactional friendship. That, like maybe people need that money right now. Like totally. this is a very difficult time it is. financially for a lot of people. It is. So like, I don't want to, I don't want to just like blanket there like, there are people is. though there are people that you can tell and you can be like you're yes. in it for the money and i'm just going to avoid you you're scamming or you're going to the big box stores and buying all the plants like you mentioned earlier like you can mm-hmm. kind of tell those people but you are right though like there are people who come on and they're like they need money they need to sell their plants like that is a real total thing so i do ag- agree with that yeah i i think that the point where my frustration begins and I kind of start like no longer focusing on this actually is the community that people have right now. This is such an amazing resource for people. You're able to connect with like all experience levels, like all kinds of information you might not have. That might be the best way to identify some plant that you don't know. But it's when you could literally Google the question that you type into Facebook and Mm -hmm. hit send, and then you can get that immediate answer. You can get different resources. Instead of being frustrated with like, what is this plant? And it's it's a Syngonium. If you Googled common houseplants Home Depot, you would know what that plant was in a couple of minutes. So instead of being frustrated, like I try personally to just remind myself that, you know, the internet, knowing how to research, like that's kind of a bit of a privilege and it's a perspective that I have. But it is disappointing when you see that that is people's first gut inclination right. to ask the question that Google could answer in a Facebook group and then you have those people who are just commenting below with useless information and the right answers are in there but then it devolves and mm-hmm. I really hate seeing when the plant community gets negative because that's the best part about it is that we're so supportive and I just hurt inside when I see negative mean-spirited comments mm-hmm. yeah so he just participated in a unpopular opinion show <laughs> That's true. true. Yeah, yeah, but an unpopular opinion show <laughs> where everybody's right. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable to share like two strong opinions on our own show, even though like when we talk no. about Tradescantia, I was like, I hate these plants. Like it's it's such a different stroke for me to be like not positive that it's fun to flex uh, sometimes. Yeah, it's like really like at the end of the day, like it's based on our perspectives, our experiences, what we see we're like I feel like the four of us we're like just normal people who do podcasting right so like I think it's okay to bring a light to things that we don't like like we're normal people and we have unpopular opinions and there's shit that we just that annoys us (laughs) and it's okay to share like I don't think it's necessarily like a bad thing but I think bringing an added like 
positive and like why it doesn't work for us or why it is a bad thing and like it is a non-popular opinion i think is important so thank you for sharing yeah yeah. i appreciate that something that i really appreciated hearing among all of what we were saying none of these were things that we were just like completely like nope 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 because there are circumstances there are times and places where everything works and an approach for somebody is different like you're not joking when you say that everyone is right we are all just like adding different pieces Mm -hmm. to what works for us Mm -hmm. i think that's really important to know with gardening Mm -hmm. thousand percent every plant every house it's all different yep exactly well cool well let's close it up thank you number one for being here um number two where can we find you guys but we are on all the social medias as plant daddy podcast and uh you can find us anywhere that podcasts are listened to we usually release monday evenings so tuesday listens for most people and we just launched our merch shop yeah your website yeah so you can find our merch shop link on our website there are t-shirts and other things depending on what turns out well we're kind of testing out some of these other (laughs) items hopefully uh, mugs soon but yeah check it out please if you want to throw a few dollars our way (laughs) yeah and we absolutely love instagram so we're always very active on there yeah and uh that's where a lot of our uh, listeners ask questions and we like to be really engaged with people that's awesome 100 percent here for the community so yay we will definitely link everything to uh from the plant daddy podcast you guys in our show notes and we'll tag everything on instagram as well so you guys can go follow them check them out they're in their 70s like they're getting up in age you guys better hurry hit our 80s like yeah before you're on our show (laughs) yes we we will hopefully be on plant daddy here in the uh what, what were you saying like hopefully beginning of next year or whenever we have time yeah. whenever we have time yeah, I, I mean <laughs> no rush we're, we're thinking early new year would be a great time to sit we down would and love that. chat again yes yeah because this has been so much fun you guys are such a gem to talk to um so thank you for being here um and then for us uh you can find us at two girls one plant podcast on instagram Facebook, YouTube. Ooh, go check out the YouTube intro I just made. I'm really proud of it. And it's going to be our official Ooh. intro. And I'm really proud of it. And then also... We also just launched merch. So, like, you guys can rock Plant Ooh. Daddy podcast merch and Two Girls, One Plant Bam. merch. And just be the coolest yeah. plant podcast plant nerd on nerds. your block. Let's so, go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what else? Yeah, we have our website up. That's it. Yeah. Um, and then we just... We're, we'll secretly... Should we talk about our... We'll... we'll patreon or do we want to wait i don't know our patreon is on the website but we haven't really talked about it so we'll talk about it another episode okay we'll but if you're like out. a real stan you can go like find it if you really really want to <laughs> but merch is really what we're yeah the merch on. like is fire so and y'all's is fire too i love like the rainbow monstera mm-hmm. it's awesome thank you yes uh, that's already one of our best-selling devices or best-selling designs and i have been wearing this sweatshirt every day since i got it pretty much i love that covid attire yes yes wonderful. i can't wait to check out your merch i yeah. haven't looked at it yet so oh. i'm excited to go take no that time scroll. like the present let us know how you like it <laughs> yes i love it oh my gosh well thank you guys yeah, for being you. here you're amazing and thanks for oh. chatting with us for so long it's so easy to talk to you you guys are like i love this discussion this has been an amazing podcast so thank you thank you thank you and thank you guys for listening and putting up with the four of us (laughs) yeah thank you so much talk to y'all next week (laughs) Bye. bye